I'm in that leadership role where I get to help people become successful. And that's something I really like doing. Got the systems in place for me to be a better real estate advisor for my clients so that I can end up making more money. The one Airbnb we have for two years, it's done really good. It brings Brian Turner, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Dude, I'm, I'm excited. We've talked about this for a while, um, and I, you've got an awesome background. We've got to know each other pretty well. Families know each other. We've got to hang out at the lake before. Right. Um, but I really wanted to dive in to your story specifically on where you came from, what you were doing before real estate, what you're doing in real estate now. You diversified a little bit into investment. Um, you're also a broker, which is newer news. So, right. um, so take me back however far you want to go. Uh, and just where, how did you get your start? Who are you before you are now? Well, basically, um, I don't know. You, you, I, I guess <laughs> I'll start at the beginning. You know, we, I'm leaving this small group, um, headed coming here and we normally tell our stories, you know, about who we are. And I started back at the beginning, but basically born in Mobile, Alabama. Um, I feel like I got an old soul cause I was technically basically raised by my grandmother. Um, yeah, my parents, I, they, I live with my parents every night. They just work all the time. My dad's in car sales still to this day. Okay. My mom sold furniture. She's been retired for about two years. So I spent a lot of time at my grandma's house. So basically was raised by my grandma. And they like next door to each other? No, they are. We were probably about a 20 minute drive apart, okay. but the school I, I started in elementary school was right down the street from my grandmother's house. So after school, I would walk to her house, spent a lot of time there, downtown mobile. Um, that's where I was born and raised, basically. Being raised by my grandma, I have like an old soul. I feel like, you know, we were in church all the time, you know, all the all that <laughs> yeah. stuff, you know, shopping for groceries and all that different <laughs> stuff, like four days a week. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was spoiled by that because, you know, I'm a pretty big boy now. I think I weigh like 270 and I blame my grandma because <laughs> when I was- You got her cooking. That's, yeah, that's, that's what it is. Right? And, yeah. and like, I didn't get sandwiches. Like I would tell my grandma, and this sounds stereotypical <laughs> to say it, but- well, I would tell my grandma, like, hey, I'm hungry. And she would literally, like, fry me up some chicken. Like, I didn't have a, like, you know what I mean? You didn't have a stick of butter, and I didn't want it. <laughs> exactly. That was my snack, you know, as a kid. And, like, you know, or uh, a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. I loved, loved them and all that different stuff. But yeah. basically got whatever I wanted as a kid, you know, whatever I wanted. I was outside all the time. Long story short, um, I have a, I technically have a half-brother and two half-sisters. My dad was previously married. My mom was previously married. Uh, my mom had a son. My dad had two daughters. Um, they they got married and had me after a few years. Anyway, um, my brother, we've always lived together. Um, I didn't know he was my half-brother until fifth grade. Really? I just didn't put two and two together. Yeah. You know what I mean? I yeah. knew he had a different like, dad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I knew he had a different dad, but we had always been in the same house and I never yeah. thought about, you know, I just I guess as a kid it never yeah. appeared to me. Well, why would you when you're that like young? Yeah. Right. Like, that's life. Yeah. And then um my elementary teacher actually like, Well, no, that's your half, but I'm like, No, 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 that's yeah, that's my brother, you know. <laughs> you don't know exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so anyway, but we, we grew up pretty, you know, pretty close. Um, my sisters, um, they would come over every now and then, you know, they we we're, we're still pretty decently close to the day. But that's kind of how I grew up, um, almost as an only child. My brother is technically 10 years older than me, or okay. nine years or six months. Um, so he, as soon as he graduated high school, he moved out. So I've been almost feel like an only child for a long time. Um, played football all my life. 
grew up in an area where we were it it wasn't like considered like inner city it was downtown mobile but it was more of like it was a mixed crowd if that makes sense um you at daphne is that where that is well i ended up going to daphne high school but basically that's when we we moved over when i was in middle school but the area i grew up in it was a predominantly black area but it was just like it was an area where you could easily get into a bad situation, you know what I mean? Depending on the friends you chose. A lot of opportunities to go down the wrong path. Yeah, lot, you know, lots of opportunities. But um, anyway, my uncle actually got me into football. Um, I had just kind of started getting in a little bit of trouble, you know, just little stuff at school. And I think they seen like, all right, he really, <laughs> he got to do something quick. <laughs> so he got me into football and I, you know, I was kind of like just a natural, loved it. Got me into sports. It was a um, park right down the street from my grandmother's house that I basically played baseball, football, everything at. Um, got in that crew and just kind of went that route. And that really helped me to make sure I stayed out of trouble. Um, I'm gonna try to move fast quickly, but okay. or forward quickly, but my best friend, my best friend that stayed across the street from my grandmother's house, um, I think he's still in jail today, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And I and I, I think he 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 he's still in jail, he just got out, one of the two. Yeah. Um it, I think it was on robbery, you know, something like that. But we were best friends. But, you know, because of me being in sports, because of my parents and my background, I knew where we needed to separate, you know, and I, that's something I always say, you know, I was thankful that our, our, he's, he's taking way more risks than I want to take. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I remember a time where I thought this decision, like, dang, if we and when we do this, we could get hurt and I could probably kill myself. And if I could kill my dad would kill me. Like, you know, I, that was going through my head. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I think my background definitely helped me. But anyway, went on in the sports world, um, went to Daphne High School. We ended up moving across the bay. Um, Daphne, Daphne was more of a mixed crowd, you know, um, wasn't predominantly black at all. Um, it was a we had a really good football team. It was all about sports. Power yeah. yeah, power football team. Yeah, we, we actually played Hoover twice in the state championship. Yeah. Two a day's show was being when when I was playing against okay. one of them. So that's yeah. when I was at Hoover. So I, oh, is it? Yeah. yeah. Playing that. Yeah. Now we got beat three times yeah. by them, but they. <laughs> I'd like to take credit, but I was way too small to play football. Right. So it wasn't me. So, yeah. So, you know, in that athletic world, the whole time, basically, since my uncle got me started, all the way into 2016, basically. Um, anyway, left, left Daphne, went to UAB. Ended up meeting my wife there. She played soccer. Really good. She's honestly the best athlete in our family by far. I'm more of a technique guy and work hard guy. <laughs> She's more of a natural athlete. Yeah, yeah. yeah she can just do whatever she want to do. She um, went to Broward, played soccer there. I think she got two MVPs on two state championship teams. She was wow. really good. Came to um, UAB, played soccer there, and that's where we met. Um, now we have three kids and live in Chelsea. So, I, so I'm the time timeout just for okay. a second. So. Through your kids, are you seeing any of those attributes of like your side versus hers as far as the athletic? Yeah. So my oldest daughter, she's she's blessed because she has my work ethic. Because you know how it is. It's like when you're a naturally gifted athlete, like my wife, you your work ethic ain't that. Yeah. Because <laughs> you don't have to, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, in mine, I feel like my oldest daughter. I feel like, and my wife would agree with me. She said this that she feel like she got the best of both sides because she's a natural athlete and she has the work ethic. And she's nine years old, you know, but. She really, you know, it's just little things she do. Like, she'll go outside and practice by herself. Yeah. And she's been doing that for years, you know. And that's, you know, that's a consistent thing she does. And, and it's funny. I remember showing her this this um video. Um, It's a really good movie called, um, it's called, what is it, Whiplash. It's Whiplash. 
but it's about a drummer that's trying to be the best drummer. But in the last scene, it's it's a rated R movie, so don't show your kids that because <laughs> I didn't show the whole movie. But the last scene, he's like becoming the best drummer. He's yeah. doing this, and, and she watched that. It was like the last three minutes, and she went home and like put some weights in her room and started working out. <laughs> like that's the type of daughter I got. Yeah, you know, <laughs> that's the type of daughter we have. But with her for sure, my second is a um, she's now six years old, and I she she has natural ability. Like athletic ability, but she don't care nothing about <laughs> sports. <laughs> so it's kind of you know it's completely different. She's maybe more so. artsy. Yeah, maybe so. Um, I think whatever she do, she'll be good at. But yeah. she is just if she's gonna do it or not. And then the son is you know eight weeks old. So we'll we'll yeah we'll hopefully we'll <laughs> we'll see. He's been a really easy baby, but we'll see. But basically, that's my my upbringing. So a lot of sports. Um, you know, raised technically by my grandmother. I lost my grandma when I was actually playing football in Canada, and it was a, it was, you know, it's almost like losing a mom, you know. So um, that happened. I think what was the year I was in Canada? That was my rookie year, 2010. Yeah, 2010. So, so graduated UAB 09, went to CFL. Well, um, graduated 10 and yeah, went to yeah, CFL 10. Okay. So yeah, I was still there. Same. Man, did she get to see you play? At all? No, I graduated 09. You're right. Okay. Um, no, am I? No, it was 2011. Sorry, I graduated <laughs> December 10, and then okay. went there. It was 2011. So. Okay. Did yeah. she get to see you play at all? Um, yeah. Well, she watched some games. She never was able to come up. Um, but she definitely caught some games on TV. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she was a big football fan herself too, and I think probably from me being in it my whole life. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's a little bit, I guess, about my background. Met my wife at UAB. We ended up here, and that's how I ended up in Birmingham. Did yep. y'all get married after? Canada during so we um we got married during Canada um it was after my second year we got married um we had been dating you know I think six years before we technically got married yeah we um you know in college we broke up every weekend every every time we got in an argument you know but <laughs> so you're yeah, on and off this weekend yeah Monday <laughs> exactly <laughs> so you know on and off a lot during college but how, however like I I matured more you know after I guess left home. And then I've noticed, all right, I'm, this is who I want to be with. And that's, you know, so we got married, I think two years. Yeah. And did, and she moved up there or was she already up there? Well, she had a teaching job here in, um, well, in Sylacauga. Okay. So um, she was a teacher and a soccer coach, her first teaching job um, at Sylacauga. She, um, they would come up doing the the summer. Um, so we got married, bought a house, had a baby in the same year, by the way. <laughs> so... And my young, my oldest, when they were, th- when she was three weeks, they came up and they spent most of the season with me that, that season because she was on maternity leave. But other than that, I would either come down or they would come up like a weekend out of the month. Okay. During the summer, we would have about a month and a half together before she would have to go back to work. During the summer, you're like, all right, I've got six weeks. We got to get a house. We got to make a baby. We, <laughs> yeah. we got to pack it all in before I go back. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was, a, it was a quick condensed time. Um, when the second baby came, it was more of like, man, she, for one year, like a single mom, you know, for six months out of the year, cause we worked basically six months, um, up in Canada. So it was, it just became tough. And it, you know, it was part of the reason that it was time to just hang them up, you know? Yeah. 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 Awesome. So, and that was 2016 when you retired? Yes. 2016. Um, I technically retired from the team. I was with Winnipeg Blue Bombers for five years, BC Lions for two, um, in Vancouver. Um, I finished with BC Lions and basically um, signed a one-day one deal with Winnipeg to retire as a Winnipeg Blue Bomber. Really? Yeah. So, yeah, that was a pretty cool deal. 
Yeah, and I, you know, that was where I was the majority of the time. I love it. Um, Winnipeg is such a cool city. It's, you know, when I first got offered that opportunity, I came out during the lockout year of the NFL. I'm not sure if you remember it, yeah. but it was no, they, the players and the owners hadn't reached an agreement, so you didn't know if it was going to be a season. Um, this was the end of the 2010. And um, basically, CFL was my next, next best bet. The only thing I was focused on was trying to get out of my parents' house. I didn't want to have to go back home, you know, and nothing against my parents. I just trying to become an adult, you know, and be a man and um, went to the CFL. And basically, I, I remember researching, I'm sorry, I remember researching the um, Winnipeg when I found out I was going there. And it said coldest city in the world. That was the first link that popped up on Google. All right, where else? <laughs> <laughs> And I just, you know, and I didn't, I was, you know, so sheltered and didn't have any clue of what I got. I Welcome thought, Alabama, like, exactly. Like 50. <laughs> Thinking people, yeah, I'm living igloos in Canada, you know. But it was amazing, man. It's a city-owned team, kind of like um, Green Bay Packers. So it's okay. almost like playing, like, for the Packers because everybody know you. It's the, th it's the bummer discount everywhere. We get discounts at almost McDonald's. You don't get to get, you know what I mean? So it was a really cool little atmosphere to be in. Yeah. Was there ever a a look at the NFL, like transparent, or were you pursuing that? Or Well, I, I'm ignorant. As far as I, so, yeah, I, that was, I was trying to pursue NFL. Um, during the lockout year, what happens is it was no, com if you didn't get drafted, it was no communication between players and coaches at all up until a deal was reached. So it was just silent. And you had, in in my situation, it was a lot of guys who were sitting down, sitting around waiting, working out. Yeah. And it was, for me, it was too big of a risk, you know, to, for me, I, I just wanted to go and work and do something, you know. So I wanted to go to the first thing that came, and that's when the CFL came calling, and that's where I went. Um, after my second year in the CFL, did really good. Had a really good start in the CFL. I made all-star a couple years, and I had a shot at the NFL. Um, I had a trial with Tampa Bay, and I didn't get signed, so I was signing right back with the um, CFL. And at this point, I'm married, and I had – I think I can't remember my first kid was on the way and it was more about job security. Like, okay, I'm not finna, you know what I mean? I got a wife and a kid. I don't have the time to risk not signing with another team and, and take the time off and miss some of the season. So I just really signed, you know, it was more of a job security yeah. decision which you know, family decision. Yeah. Yep. yep. Very cool. So all the way up to 2016 decided to retire. And then what brought you, why Birmingham? I mean, she was teaching in Silicago. So yeah. Was it just naturally, hey, let's take over there? Well, yeah. So basically we ended up, so for a few years, I was living the life, man. I was playing football um, just six months out of the year, and I was a stay-at-home dad for the rest. And we we chose Chelsea because I was actually working out in Hoover at Godspeed Gym okay, yeah. for my training in the off season, and she was working in Silicago, and Chelsea was the middle ground. Yeah. So that's how we ended up in Chelsea. Um, I would literally take my daughter to Mother's Day out, go work out for about three hours, <laughs> pick my daughter up, and then we go home and go get something to eat. And you know, so it was a lot of day dark time. I love those years, um, because that was really all I was doing. Um, but that's how we ended up here. Basically, my wife' full time job was in Silicaga. Um, she didn't want to move away from her family when we found out we were pregnant because I really wanted to be down in the Foley Gulf Shores area, kind of where closer to where I'm from. I always wanted to be by the beach. Um, so that's, that's where we were looking the day I we found out we were pregnant and then it kind of ended quick. <laughs> All right. Yeah. We're staying close to my family. So that's how we ended up in Chelsea. But I, I, I love Birmingham. So it, what eventually was she like, All right, yeah, job. Here's, well, what, 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 <laughs> so 
basically it was um i kept wanting her to move because she was a teacher she's a school teacher and she was working basically 30 minutes away from home an hour commute a day i kept wanting her to move towards chelsea and find a job there and she was um saying all right when you retire or when you stop i will um so what happened is just over the years it it started to be um like my pay at one time i was the highest paid defensive line at least that's what i was told in in the in the CFL because yeah exactly <laughs> you know in the CFL but then as you get older um I got released from Winnipeg and I signed a deal that was a little bit over half of what I was making um before and it was just the pay started going down my rent in um downtown Vancouver was double my mortgage in Chelsea and it was seven hundred square foot wow <laughs> yeah That's yeah old mini New York exactly basically I, don't get me wrong I love Vancouver it's a beautiful city um I understood it discount too um <laughs> well, and Vancouver is not a discount yeah, like when <laughs> no they don't care Vancouver but it's um I loved it but you know and my my wife and my my kids actually got to enjoy it too but it's just it didn't make any sense it's like okay you know I'm making less I'm paying more for rent this starting to make sense. It's, you know, I think I'm better be looking for a full-time job. And I'll tell you how I got into real estate. A guy named Randy Brooks, he actually owned a vast realty. I had picked my daughter up from Mother's Day out after working out at Godspeed, and we went to that McDonald's, not a McDonald's, Waffle House right there on um, Valleydale in um, Caldwell yeah. Mills, I think. Um, and Randy saw me and just started talking. He was like, you must be a football player. I'm like, yeah, blah, blah, blah. We talked football. And he, like, in like a 10 to 15-minute conversation, he told me how, football associated with real estate because you get to choose your own destiny and you get to, you know, basically the work you put in, you can, you get that out. He is, he's like in 15 <laughs> minutes, but you know, it was perfect time. And I put, you know, I'm a believer. I think it was God's timing because it had been on my mind. I knew I had two years left when it, when I had two years, I'm like, okay, I think I can play this sport for another two years and I really got to make a decision. So my wheels had been turning on what I actually wanted to do. I thought I wanted to be a football coach, but football coaches don't have any life. You know, they don't see their family. Yeah, they're, they're working nonstop. And I love the sport, but not that much. I'm a big family man. Yeah. So anyway, I, I you know, that was my thought probably the first three or four years I was playing football to be a coach on some kind of level. And then it quickly changed. Like, oh, that's not it. Somehow else had that. And Randy Brooks came along at the same time. So it was just perfect timing. I left him and went to get my license like within a month. I think I was signed up for a real estate, you know, license class and went through there. But as soon as I got my license, I basically went back and played another year. Um, but yeah, that's kind of how that transition happened, I guess. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't realize that. I thought, I thought ARC was your, your first spot. Yeah. Um, did you know Tommy from like UAB time? Well, that's what happened. I was with Avast Realty and at the time and none against Avast Realty, you know, Randy, I think got a good thing going over there. But at the time, I wasn't getting much training. And you know you get your license, and you have still no clue what to do. Uh, yeah. So when I went back to Canada, I was playing, and the whole time, I, I ended up getting hurt. So I had like five or six games where I couldn't play. So it actually had me gave me time to even focus on what I'm doing after football even more. Um, and I was thinking, like, okay, I got to find somewhere to go that's going to actually train me to get me prepared to be a full-time gig and be successful in this business. So I was working out at UAB um, in the off season because my strength coach from high school actually got the job there. So I was working out with him and he was, everybody just kept saying, you need to go talk to Tommy Brigham. You know, Tommy Brigham name kept coming up and I didn't know who it was, but I knew he had done a lot for UAB football. So I was like, okay, I'm sure I can get a meeting with him. And that's how I got with Tommy basically, just going to talk to him about that. 
Um, Tommy's a good salesman, almost just like Randy Bruce. <laughs> you know, he, he can make you believe in anything and sell you on anything within minutes. So then I came over to ARC basically and I didn't sell a house until I got to ARC. So that's why I feel like, you know, I've always been with ARC from the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's a lot to unpack. I'm excited to get that full story because there's a lot, I think that your success now relates back to, I mean, really all the way back from fried chicken and grandma. Right. Now, exactly. Right? Like yeah. that, that work ethic. But, um, to, to complete the story, sold houses for a while and now you're not just an agent, but you're, you're a broker, you're running right. an office, but it's achieved. Like that's a big responsibility and, and not easy to do. So yeah, talk, talk to me about that transition, what your day to day looks like now. Are you still selling? Are you just running an office and then we start going back? Gotcha. So basically I guess the way I got into this, um, broker role is, you know, business was going really good. You know, I, I hit it at the right time, you know, got my license. Went full time at the end of what was it seventeen or the beginning of seventeen? Excuse me. And anyway, um, started doing really good. Had an okay year, then had a better year. Now we're doubling. And I'm like, man, this is really good. Then 2020 hit, and it's yeah. like triple. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <I'm so> <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. I remember when I first got my license, I was riding in the car. Randy, he got a phone call. He was like, "What? Multiple offers?" And you know, <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. You know, that was just because we he they, he hadn't heard it in a long time. So I know I got in at the perfect time, but things were going really good. And now you know, COVID hit, and um, the phone stopped ringing for three, four weeks. You know, and I was like, well, let me do something productive. I'm always trying to be productive. Um, my wife actually did too. She went and got her master's at that time, okay. or started him, and I started my broker's um, license just because I ain't have nothing else to do. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> and in the back of my mind, I um I was like, okay, if ARC ever do a Chelsea office, we're growing offices, maybe I'll want to broker the office, you know? So that was just in the back of my mind, but just did it because I had time. Anyway, COVID kind of get past. Um, I get, you know, I become, get my associate broker, you know, license. And Bo took me out for dinner. Like, hey, what's your plan with these broker licenses? I know you got them, you know, what's the, what's the, Deal. And I'm like, really? I have no clue. Just had time. <laughs> yeah, I was bored. <laughs> um, and, you know, he was like, all right, well, just keep, he said, let me know. He's like, if you want to start your own thing, if you want to power by art, we can figure out a way to try to help you, which is a big deal, you know, coming from, because I didn't ask for the meeting or anything. He just offered. And I was like, okay, I'll keep that in mind. Well, um, Ben Chenault took me to play golf um, one day just to, you know, just to get out because I send them a lot of business because they're the best, I think, in the, the town. Um, and I was telling him, I was like, well, you know, Bo kind of gave me, you know, go ahead of, if I want to do something or start something. He's like, well, man, I got an empty building in Chelsea. That's yeah, that's his building. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, so when you pull up, you'll see mortgage bank signs on it. Well, I did. Yeah, uh-huh. But yeah, so Ben bought it just, um, they had kind of got busting out the seams at his main building. And um, one of his lenders was mainly in Chelsea, so he sent her team down there so they can have their own spot just because free up space, basically. Um, anyway, so it was an empty building there now, and I'm like, okay, you know. I tell um, Bo, I think, the next week, and then like two weeks later, we we're out there looking at the building, seeing what we can do to get it right. Oh, what have we done? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it started, you know, moving pretty quick, and I'm like, okay, this is cool, you know. And I was, um, my thought was, all right, I run so much, you know, I don't want to miss too much of my kids' things. So let me try to do this broker role and I won't have to run any much anymore, you know, too much. And it's like, it's been the complete opposite. Like <laughs> now I run more, yeah. 
and make less. You're still selling, right? Yeah, because I still sell. Yeah. Selling is still the majority of my income by far. You know, that's I have to sell to feed my family basically. But it's um, it, it it's not what you know. I, I'll be honest, it's not what I thought it is. But I I do love it. You know, I'm in that leadership role where I get to help people become successful, and that's something I really like doing. Which I you know I didn't think I would. Cause I, I, you know, in my head, I think I'm pretty selfish. Like, you know, I don't care about me and my family and, you know, and, you know, in that part, but I never thought I would take less pay to help people succeed, but it's, it's actually really rewarding. Um, so that part I do love. And it's funny, you know, the people that follow, you know, normally be successful people that don't, they don't, you know, you, and you try to figure out, it's always a practice of trying to figure out how to get people to, you know, do the things they need to do to be successful. So. That's how I kind of ended up in that role. That's where we are now. Um, I think we currently have roughly, I think, 16, including me, at the office. Um, so we got a pretty good office, you know, um, pretty tight-knit group. Um, we're doing an accountability group now that everybody's participating and doing really well. So I'm excited about that. Nice. That's awesome. Well, I mean, you say it, it all just kind of fell into place and didn't see it coming. But I think the fact that Bo reached out uh, and who's now the owner of Art and just initiated that conversation of, hey, like, we're going to support you if you decide to do something. Right. Speaks for itself on how you run your business and just, like, your work ethic. Because there's, what, four, 500 agents right. at our company. Yeah. And so, like, that could go to really anybody. But how you set your business up, how you run it, it's professional. You treat it like a job, which, you know, a lot of agents don't. And it's not necessary for them to, because maybe they're not like the breadwinner of their family or they they have to provide. Right. Which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But someone who comes in and like you do, just set your business up to where it is professional and you treat others with respect and you're there to serve the client, not just there to collect the check. Right. It's obviously how you run your business. And so I, man, I think that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, it just speaks for itself. Really. Yeah. I, I appreciate it, man. Yeah. It's, it's funny you say that. So, when I first met with Tommy, Tommy was, you know, like, are you going to be great? You know, and I've told this story before, but, you know, coming from the athletic background, you know, we have to, we, we kind of set our own schedule. It's up to us. We got to be self-motivated, all this different stuff to be successful in that background. And he was saying, you know, you bring that over to real estate, you're going to be great, blah, 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 blah. Well, I met with him and, you know, three, four months go by and I'm not, I'm not doing anything, you know? So I go back and see him and Tommy's like, man, don't worry, you're going to be good, blah, blah. I'm like, Tommy, you can't deposit work ethic. God, but, uh, I <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I can't deposit and withdraw work ethic. It's in my bank account. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I yeah, mean? The time management. Yeah. But, you know, it's funny. Like, looking back, he was so right. You know, it's just the little things that of, you know, of just being a discipline. Like, you know, I feel like I feel like you do a great job of always trying to practice your discipline and different stuff you do with 75 hard and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I think that stuff is so important just to have small little disciplines. And you follow these small little disciplines and it's, and it's such tremendous outcome from them, you know, and I think it's just consistently doing very, very small little things that take 30 minutes a day and make a huge difference in somebody's life. And I feel like that's what Tommy was trying to tell me, but I couldn't see until now, you know, until yeah. later on, basically. Well, so kind of expanding on that a little bit more, put you on the spot, put your broker hat on. If you've got a newer, younger agent coming into your office saying, yeah. hey, I want to sell and I want to be great. What are those couple things? Like, what are the, the few tasks you're telling him just to well, for one, I, I'm telling them to, you know, it's a, a small task. Something I've been saying to my new um, agents a lot is making their bed up after they get out of it in the morning. Yeah. And it's such a small thing. Um, and back when I was in high school, somebody had mentioned that, and I can't remember who it was, but 
anyway, it's kind of stuck with me and it's such a big deal, but you trigger your brain to accomplish something as soon as you wake up and then it want to keep getting that feeling. Yeah. So you try to continue to do accomplishments. So a small thing of making your bed when you wake up in the morning, when I talk to high school kids, that's always the first thing I try to preach. You know, I'm talking about small things, sacrifice and hard work, basically. Um, so that's one of the key things, making up your bed. You know what I mean? We sound so small. Well, they're going to say, I can't deposit a made bed in my bank account. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You're going to Tommy and say, what do I, I need money. <laughs> exactly. And it's, yeah. That just leads to so much, you know, accomplishment and you wanting to accomplish um, other things. Um, it was something we just recently did a ninja training and she was talking about the um, ARC or something is the articulating something in the brain. And it's like you can fool it. So, and it don't take a joke. So if you, t if you continuously to tell yourself you want to be a millionaire every day and your brain will start to find ways for you to be a millionaire, you know what I mean? And it's something. So even if you say something outlandish to yourself, it, if it started to believe it, it'll just start working that way. Like in your affirmations. In the yeah. yeah. So that's another thing. And, you know, so affirmations have been a big thing. And, you know, this is something because I normally I will. I'm a guy that, OK, this guy's successful. This is what he's doing. He said affirmation, like, okay, we don't have to do that part, but I'll do the other five steps out of six. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But lately I have been doing the affirmation. I think that's such a big deal. You know what I mean? It's weird when you start, right? Yeah, it's like, weird. Yeah, look at myself in the mirror and you are strong. Exactly. You know, and and I do it and you know, and it's you know, I've been avoiding that step for so long, but you know, it makes such a huge difference. So these are the conversations I'm having with, you know, that's just two small things. And I try to practice what I preach. And that's another thing about this position. Like if you telling people that this stuff, yeah, is you got to do it and test it out or make sure it's working before you try to preach it. So in days you're like, man, I really, really wish I didn't tell them that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, you know, I've been there before. Really my business <laughs> yeah, Exactly. So it's little stuff like that. So when I'm literally, like, if I'm rushing out the house, I see my bed I made. Cause normally if my wife's still sleeping, if I leave her early or something, you know, that's fine. No, I just, yeah. I just leave it. But if I know she's out in that bed, I mean, like, oh, man, I got to go. But, I, you know, I need it. Yeah. So little stuff like that yeah. started to matter. Um, affirmation with my daughters, I started doing when, I, when we get in the car now on the way to school. Um, they'll, they'll even start now. You know, it's like I'm smart, I'm beautiful, but I'm this, I'm strong, I'm a leader. And then, you know, we finish with a prayer. And that's been a consistent thing. I'm even starting to work with them. You know, I think yeah. it's going to make a big difference. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, getting it. Like, I mean, just like you, you had kind of that mentality, that work mentality set in stone at a very, very early age. Mm -hmm. And obviously it paid dividends. And so having that just transfer down to your family and your daughters, I think that, that's what's setting them up for wild, wild success. That's right. good. Yeah, that's the goal anyway. Yeah, very yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, all right, so we've got that. And that's more uh, how someone acts mindset. Are there any actionable? Because I, I, I want to try to leave with a couple things that, a new guy who he's got his mind right. He's doing he's doing the right activities from a personal and internal spiritual level. But I've got to sell a house. Yeah. So what are those couple of things like real activities that I can be focused on every day instead of building my up? Um, I think focusing on your database. Um, when I first started out, you know, that's one thing you consistently hear. And you hear so much stuff, but people always say build a database. And practically everybody in real estate is going to say that. And I, I remember when I came to ARC, I was coming in every day with no business. It's funny, me and Nicole Hardikoff used to make a joke of like, hey, let's just go to the copier every 10 minutes. It look like we're doing something, yeah. just print something off, you know? 
It's not like we used to have that running joke. Hey, quit wasting piss. I know what you're doing. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) He used to have that joke running for such a long time. But it's, um, I was the whole, the the first three or four months, um, I was basically building my database. So everybody you know and who know and you know and that know you. And it sounds crazy, but like for me, you know, I started with your wedding or our wedding list. Yeah. And then I played football at UAB. So I figured, the sports department might know my name, even if I don't know them. Yeah. So they became on my mailing list, and, you know, and I was, and it, I started sending out so many letters. Ark bought a paper folder for me. <laughs> yes, I was. I didn't know. So yeah, so Ark bought the first paper folder was basically for me because um, Claire used to help me do all of them because I would fold them, put them in the envelopes, and you know it had got up to like hundreds, and it just, it just took forever. Yeah. And for me, it was like, all right, they're due on the first and they're late on the ninth, almost just like a bill. Yeah. Bill. So I was consistently doing this every month, just some kind of letter about something. Um, It didn't even have to be about real estate. One of them was about the seven ending stretch or something like that, you know, just different stuff. Um, And they they started paying off. So that's one thing is getting that database together and then just trying to stay in touch with your database. Um, You can't be a secret agent. You got to let people know what you're doing. Um, I wish I didn't have to have social media. I would be. I would be a much better person without it, but we have to, to try to stay on people's mind, you know? And, um, that's why I try to post something, you know, every day of whatever I'm doing just to stay on people's mind. Um, but that's, I would definitely say, I guess to that new agent, you got to get a database together, take time and do it right. Put it in right. Get to a system, which are pretty much a lot of companies offer systems, but put in a system and actually get it working for you. So people actually know what you're doing. One thing I noticed is, um, like, I'll be struggling. I'll, I'm coming through. I'm having a month where I'm not selling anything. I'm, and, you know, that new person come in, sent out 15 letters, and got two buyers. You know what I mean? Yeah. But what it is, people love to support people they know, you know? So when you saying, hey, I'm doing this, people will support you almost quicker than the person who's been doing it for five years. Yeah. You know what I mean? yeah. <laughs> Just because they're like, okay, we're about moving i definitely want to support them so that's something i would probably say would be the first thing i would talk about yeah you you kind of blew through this and said it casually but i think it's so important to emphasize the timeline yeah and i'm going to ask you the timeline between you started folding letters and sending out first of the month every month how many months went by before you saw um four i think four and i'll tell you the first one my first um deal was my She's technically my aunt-in-law, I guess you would say. Yeah. She's my um, she's my wife on, on her side. Um, they decided to sell, and she told me this. They, the husband, like, all right, let's move. They were moving from here to Montgomery area, and she was like, my letter had just come in the mail, and it was sitting on the um, stay on the like end table in their den when they were talking about it. Because he was like, all right, who are we gonna call? And they looked over to see my letter, and that's my first. Deal. Literally direct from that letter. From that letter. Yeah. <laughs> that was my first one. And you know what? Uh, to add on to that story, it ended up being a MEOP. Um, the per- people came to see it at an open house. I represent them as the buyer. Yeah. Well, they just sold and bought another house with me. I think about two, I think it's been almost two years. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Ago. So I've sold that house twice <laughs> and bought another house with them. And just yeah. because I've been staying in touch with them this whole time. Yeah. So yeah. you might have spent, we have time. Yeah. No. Yeah. You're good. You might have spent, I mean, probably less than 800 bucks on sending that letter out that month or that whole group of letters. Yeah. And it turned into three sales, which is I mean, right. 20 decks on return, right? So right. I think what's important is it took four months to get that first sale. So many people come in and say, I have no personal marketing budget. I can't spend a dime. And I think 
hey, you've got to figure that out. Like have have some kind of cushion to where you can do some kind of marketing. But if you can't, there's a lot of ways and a lot of tools that art gives and a lot of brokerages give to yeah. work your database, right? Yeah. You can do that for free. You've got a cell phone, right? And so I think it's important, but also being consistent. So right. A lot of people, and, and I'm guilty of this as well early on, of mailing out one, maybe two letters. Ah, it didn't work. Let me switch gears. Yeah. Like, man, you really yeah. wasted a lot of money doing that, right? <laughs> exactly. Man, if you, you said you've been mailing for five years. Yeah. And like, I, I guarantee you, uh, you know, I've been in the business since technically, you know, technically 16, but I had actually started mailing kind of in 15. But I can guarantee you, um, at least probably some of my people have been getting letters from me for five years every month. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, that's one thing I try to preach is consistency. Um, that was the cheapest thing I can find was buying stamps because yeah. our provided letters whether they knew it or not i was using their letters all right <laughs> you know what i mean their envelopes You're printing every time <laughs> yeah <laughs> so, using their envelopes and um you know it was i'm just basically buying stamps um found some cheaper stamps than the regular price so it wasn't too bad um it's just the time you know the time took forever folding all them pay which is like you had it right yeah you had it at the time. exactly that's true it's funny and now it's like your your two weight factors or your leverage your things you can pull are time or money Right. Yeah. So now it's like, okay, well, your time is pretty constrained, but you've been killing it. So you're like, hey, let me out. Do you outsource it? Yeah. Right now, well, Arc started doing it. Um, they started doing the yeah. flow and the postcard. So I started doing the postcard, and now as you know, I just I, I get an email. How does this look? Looks great, and it's gone. You know what I mean? So it's, yeah. it literally takes two seconds now when it used to take five hours. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's crazy, and and the agents who aren't taking advantage of that or no, I mean, it, it, it's there. The tools are there. It's just you got to use. Yeah. Because it's. A no-brainer exactly instead of spending five to eight thousand dollars a month on a cold bill or whatever yeah just, you know. it, that's what i'm noticing now that i'm in the broker role i'm i'm interviewing other people and i'm hearing what they're doing every day and i'm like are you serious yeah. like, that is all done for me i don't do any of that yeah. you know what i mean I, I focus on the client and that is it you know arc have done a really good job of making things so automated where you can actually just focus on the true work you know, um, of actually the, you know, making sure the client's needs are met, needs are met. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I feel like they're losing a lot of time. Um, you know, and I think the more they mature in the business, I think they'll start to see it. And I think that's why we have such a successful company now. Yeah, yeah. I think so too. Well, cool. Well, I want to start going towards the, towards the end. This has been a super fun conversation. Mm. I want to talk about, um, one big win you had this year, it can be personally or professionally. And then, um, what's something that, you would consider next year a big win um okay so um personally we we had a son um yeah, yeah. Eight, <laughs> eight, 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 eight weeks old he's um yeah monday he'll be nine weeks um tomorrow he'll be a, technically a two months i guess yeah okay. so anyway um and that's a that's a huge win because of this reason so for one me and my wife both athletes i told you that at the beginning <laughs> we just knew we would have sons or uh, you know a gang of boys yeah and, um, of course the first was a girl and, you know, you're like, all right, you know, it's no matter a healthy baby. I'm yeah. happy. It's a girl. Great. You know, the second was a girl and you should have seen me and my wife at the gender reveal. We were probably the saddest two people there. <laughs> so, her too? Yeah. Her too. Yeah. We were both like, just like, oh my God, please give us a blush. So anyway, um, don't get me wrong. We love our daughter yeah. now. And she's she, my oldest daughter. You got to tie her down to get a hug and a kiss. My, you know, my youngest last night she came and gave us a hug and a kiss on her own. She did all the time. Yeah. So we definitely love my youngest daughter. But anyway, um, we um, finally was like, all right, we're going to just adopt a boy. You know, we we came, my wife, Emory, both times, now all three times. So it was kind of like, 
we're not even going to approach that. Let's not do it again. Blah, 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 blah. Anyway, so as we, so we start adoption process, getting things rolling. I, everybody have to get a physical. I get my physical. Um, they're about to get theirs and we find out we're pregnant. So I'm like, you're, yeah. <laughs> I've heard that story more. Yeah. People who like can't get pregnant or yeah. Right. So then it's like, well, all right, so let's pause the adoption. We, um, so anyway, we go to our first meeting in miscarriage. First time it happened to us. Um, I know it happened regularly to a lot of people and you start to feel like all oh, that, you know, it's so sad. Um, so it was like, oh man. Okay. So anyway, we was just like Morgan, my wife had a dream. She got a really great testimony. She actually wrote and put a post on Facebook. I like cry reading it. Cause as you're going through, you don't think about this stuff. But anyway, um, long story short, she had a dream that when that when Christmas, we was going to be with the little baby boy and try not to do it. <laughs> but anyway, um, so we just, all right, we like, all right, we're, we're not adopting right. We're, we paused our adoption at a miscarriage. It's in God's hand. Like we not, we not trying, you know what I mean? Like if it happens, it happens. Yeah. We'll give another couple years, and then we'll really do something to make sure we'll have any kids and yeah. be ninety year old parent. Um, <laughs> so anyway, so sure enough, um, I think a year went by or something, and we were pregnant. And you know, it's a scary feeling because you won't tell anybody, blah blah blah. You know all this different stuff. We waited so long. Long story short, we have a beautiful, healthy baby. Um, my wife hemorrhaged again, but we're prepared for it this time. They do the surgery and do everything, and have the like, extra doctor there and all this different stuff. All that go good. So that's that's our huge win for this year because the boy that we've been trying to get for nine years, yeah, yeah, <laughs> the boy we've been trying to get for nine years is finally here. He's healthy. Um, Mama's healthy. She's working out actually as of right now. She got cleared about a week ago. So, so yeah, that's that's our huge win. Um, the next year goal for twenty twenty four. I'm actually so we we have four rental properties and that was like one of my goals. That was one of the smart things I think I did was. While real estate was really rolling, I was putting that money to work and not just burning it. Um, most, you know, mostly. And um, we we got our four rental properties. Now, you know, you kind of accumulate some debt while doing that. I really want to kind of focus on just I'm not trying to accumulate anything else or just paying down some of the debt that we've accumulated over building these properties. And that's kind of my goal for 2024. Um, I'm definitely trying to. I want to have a really good year in real estate. Um, and with that being said, it's like, all right, yeah, I want to make a million dollars or whatever, but what are you going to do to do that? Right. So I've already got the systems in place for me to be a better real estate advisor for my clients so that I can end up making more money, you know, to do, you know, have reached the goals that I want to reach. Basically. Yeah. yeah. Is the million dollars income a goal? No, it's not a goal. Yeah. <laughs> it's not That's a goal. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Just an example, but no, it's not, not this year, but uh, you know, maybe in the future, but not yeah. this year for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Walk me through real quick. I, uh, we kind of skipped over this. Your, you've got four investment properties. Are they, tell me, what are they? Um, I got two section eight properties, two Airbnb. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Walk um, me through, um, kind of general returns, high level numbers on what you see. Um, you have to get real, real detailed. Yeah. Um, one of my, um, oh, well, let me see. Let me see. The two Section 8 properties, um, I can't remember. Just, I'm just telling you on like income. Um, we make double the mortgage payment on both of those. Nice. Yep. So we've, we got a good room of, you know, in there Section 8. So they're, the payment's coming in. You know, it's coming. Yeah. <laughs> it's coming. That's people don't have Section 8. So I love Section 8. I, I do too. I Section 8. I think the misconception is people just are like, it's low income, all low income is bad. Uh-huh. And Section 8, as far as my quote-unquote low income properties, is 
best low income that I've Yeah, they take they take good care of the properties. Um one the lady who just moved in one of them, she's been um she's in her last one sixteen years. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, it's a it's a I'm I'm happy about that. So far so good. You know, other two um are Airbnbs. The one Airbnb we had for two years, it's done really good. Um it's downtown it, downtown in the mercantile at Morris. Um it's it brings in three times its mortgage payment. Wow. Yeah, on average. What's yeah. their occupancy? Um, I think for that one is seventy something percent. And I only know that because Airbnb recently updated yeah. and they tell you now on the calendar. <laughs> okay, they didn't say before? Well, you had to like look it up and all this different yeah, yeah. stuff. And I'm so focused on real estate that honestly my <laughs> wife <and> Yeah. <laughs> my wife kinda like run it now really. Okay. Um our second one we just got, um, same building downtown. Um, I don't know, it's a I'm a little my biggest thing, I'm a long term goal person. Um, so I don't care if they make too much cash flow now. It's more about just appreciation that being in a great location for the future. Yeah. You know, you hear all those stories like, Oh yeah, I could have bought that lake house for twenty thousand dollars back in the eight and I was worth four million. Yeah. Well, why didn't you buy the house, sir? You know what I mean? Right. You don't <laughs> yeah. address the property they, they Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Everybody always kind of regret, you know, not doing or not making the move. So that was kind of my my thing. But um the other one's brand new. We literally I think this is week three okay same building is actually across the hall they did a phase two and built seven or eight more and we got one of those it's a really cool got a spiral staircase with it you know and that's a big seller for people that just want to have a date night or something we call it downtown date night so if anybody okay. listening you want to go book it it's, it's downtown date night and it's a really cool spot um the building is great i say the building is like a tesla it gets yeah. better so you know you i tesla they have an update and all yeah. of a sudden you got a new feature so um, the central restaurant just moved into the building not too long ago. It used to be something else. Um, but it's a big, you know, it's been one of the top 30 restaurants, I think in downtown Birmingham or Birmingham period. Um, there's another empty space of commercial space. So it's just more and more coming to actually make the building better Yeah. so far, you know, so that's one good thing. But that, that new one, we really don't have numbers on cause it's literally, I think this third or yeah. fourth week, you know. Are y'all throwing, because I think there's multiple different strategies based off your goal, the extra cash flow you're getting from it, are you throwing that at trying to pay it down or are you just banking that? or what? No, we we paying it down. So okay. I really, yeah, we're not, I'm not, you know, purposely not trying to make any money yeah. from them right now. Just just trying to pay them down as quickly as possible. Yeah. That's yeah. good. Man, I, um, I think that's a good strategy, right? But it really goes back to your goal. So you, I've got so many people that will argue. That's terrible if you've got, right. you bought it two years ago, you've got a 3% rate or on a 4% rate. Like, why would you ever pay that off? You go leverage that money. Well, if your goal is not to build a 100-unit portfolio or empire, it's really just, hey, let me get some assets that are paid off and just cash flow long term. Yeah. That's a great goal. Yeah. Right? But people don't people don't recognize that everyone's goal is not what their goal is. Yeah. And so they, yeah. I remember kind of having that brief conversation with you about that before. And, you know, for me, I'm coming from the football world. We got paid. So we had, what, 18 games. I got paid 18 times. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I got to know how to make money stretch. Yeah. So it's always been scary for me to have a big, like, lump sum of debt. You know what I mean? We have um we got married with a, a house payment and a car note, and that was it. And we've tried to keep it that way for as long as possible. So, um you know, it's a I don't really like having too much debt. Now I understand the difference between good debt and bad debt and all this different stuff. So with these problems, I don't really mind the debt, but I don't like, much did if I can, yeah. you know, if I can do it. Yeah. So. I think it's good that you also set yourself up where y'all are living off your day-to-day job. You're selling real estate, you're a broker. 
So those you're not reliant on that income. So one, if you have a bad month, it, it doesn't affect you. But two, that cash you're not relying on that cash. So you can put that in just just say, yeah, pay pay it off as quick as you can. You're not looking to expand yet. Right. I think that's great. And then in the future, if you ever decide two years from now, hey, it's paid off and we're doing great, you're making a million dollars a year, say, well, we could go pay cash for something else, we could leverage something else, or just put debt against that one property that's now free and clear yeah. to buy something else. And so yeah. you've got so many options when you own something free. Right. Right. Very cool. All right, before we get out of here, uh, mm-hmm. book recommendations. You got anything you're reading right now you've read this year that was a, a good book? Um, currently, I'm reading a book called um, Wholesome. Um, it's T.D. Jake's son-in-law, um, Teray. can't think of his last name right now. Um, I had a friend, so and this kind of challenged me. One of my friends I played with in the CFL were pretty close, named Manny Arsenal. Um, me, him, um, and another guy were in a... Um, group text and anyway i was telling him i told him like four or five weeks ago he posted something on facebook or instagram or whatever and he was saying um what did he say he said like the way um you do anything is the way you do everything he said him being a strong believer in it and i'm like that just slapped me across the face yeah. like guy you know what i mean like i feel like when you have a clean when people come over you clean up your house real quick and they come in and they say oh man you got a clean house but when they're gone it's destroyed yeah. you know what i mean it stay that way until they come back and that's what I feel like. That I feel like you just, like, why not do everything right? You know what I mean? If your truck is clean on the outside, why is it not clean on the inside? Wow. You know what I mean? So I, so that really challenged me. I actually told him that. We actually met up our, with UAB radio thing. I had to go to Texas for a game, and that's where he lived. But we had breakfast. But that kind of challenged me, basically. You know, if um basically just trying to do everything the right way, you know? um So, so I won't be good in this area and bad in this area, so. That's kind of been the latest, I guess. And I, I guess that kind of answers your question. Yeah, I like yeah. that. And that yeah. that kind of complements the what we we're talking about on the broker side as well is you've got to show up and practice what you preach. Right. right essentially. So and I, I saw that too. It's especially before we had our daughter, it was, you know, now you're you're showing an example to your kids, right? Mm-hmm. So you're telling them to do something and they see you not do it. Why why should they do it? And so um I see that even more now of like, okay, I take a jacket off and just gonna throw it on the couch instead of hanging yeah. up. And it's like yeah. so I'll do that and stop. Like, I gotta go back and hang that up. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you mean, yeah. Right. Exactly. But yeah, how you do anything is how you're gonna do everything. And and mm-hmm. I, I truly believe that. And so it's really providing or just showing excellence in all your activities. And my mindset is if I can't give it if I can't make it excellent, if I can't give it the attention it deserves, I shouldn't be doing it. Right. Yeah, you're right. You're exactly right about that. Yeah, and it makes it a little bit easier to say no to things when I think about like that because, like, even with a client, if you're looking to buy a house in Jasper, right? Technically, I can do it, but I can't make that excellent for you. Yeah, because I don't know anything about Jasper. Exactly. And so, um, yeah, I think that relates to not business. Yeah, awesome. exactly. Brian, thanks for being here, man. This this is fun catching. I learned some stuff about you. Yeah. Um, can't wait to get uh, back on the volleyball court this summer. I know and let you get some redemption i guess if you can <laughs> or you get some redemption we got lake houses across across the water <laughs> our families do uh from each other so we get to play all the time but dude thanks for being here again and looking forward to the next year for you all right appreciate it thanks for having me cool